My friends, what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe. Join our intrepid remembrancers as they explore the heresy as history. From deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of Tiska, we are the Heresy Grad School. So said the War Master in his wisdom. Go forth, my sons, and illuminate them. I yeah. love the uh, the color depiction on uh, 145 of the pre-Prospero. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Versus oh. what looks like dudes in gas masks with las guns. Yeah, it's like old militia. But guys, um, Dave, did you yeah. read that little box out on 146 about the Dreamless Brotherhood? No, I mean, I did. Yes, I have read it. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty I badass. did not know that by the time the Thousand Sons hit Prospero, there were more of them, like, in stasis than there yep. were actually active. That's crazy. It really is. It really is. I mean, they... It's almost like they were a legion that... you like it, Again, like, this is foreshadowing, right? Like, you know, it's almost like they're a legion that was destined to become this, you know... Um, Rubrikai, Automaton, you know, um, yeah, very powerful, but very few. That's yeah, because cool. the Automata, or not the Automata, the, uh, what are they called, the Rubrikai. Yeah. They're supposed to be, like, trapped and sort of dreamless, right? Well, I, I've been listening to the Talents of Horus. Um, yes. Yeah, it's so good, dude. So amazing. It's almost oh. like they aren't there, though. Like, There's... But they get, like, weird little flashes of insight. They do, yeah. That's the way Kion describes it. He's like, I guess one of his brothers is, like, a little bit more aware than the other one, right? Like, he's, like, always, like, he's, like, Kion, right? <laughs> like, that's all I can say, man. But, uh, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe after a while with the rubric, like, legitimately the only piece that's left of them is the part that, like, can understand an order yeah well what's interesting uh in the sequel you know um his uh former master asher kai i haven't read the sequel yet but yeah but uh it's pretty good like yeah, i'm I... not i'm not positive if i like this one or the sequel better but uh it talks about how asher kai actually keeps his rubrikai painted in the old red of prospero oh wow and that, like, his might actually retain a tiny bit more, like, awareness than other Rubrikai. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really getting into it, and I really hope that we can... I hope we get, like, a scouring, post-scouring Forge World treatment. Um, I think that, just would, that would be so... Uh, that'd be amazing. It, it really would be, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, ideally... You know, they'll do Into Siege of Terra, and then hopefully they'll be, like, scouring and Legion Wars, and, you know. Yeah, there is so much material in there for, like, the Legion Wars. Yeah. I mean, they could go for probably, maybe not quite as long as the Heresy, but pretty close. Yeah. I mean, you got Clones of Horus, you got, you know, all sorts of interesting stuff. 
and just like everything's going on in the like eye and so mm-hmm. like even just battleground rules would be awesome because yeah. you know there's wonky shit happening on all of the uh, the worlds that are stuck in the eye yeah in the Same. maelstrom Same yeah too cool well the only thing i was gonna try to read tonight if we have time was um the part i didn't get to last week which was the leveling of 72.9 which is on page 157 because it is a um you know it's a story about i think our favorite brother and a night house that nobody's ever heard of before because yes yeah it's go yeah it's so good we will make time all right cool man I mean, do we want to start off with that, or do we want to start off with? Uh, well, Jason's Jay- got a hard stop. I want let's let's get Jason yeah. through his his part too, and then we'll uh, yeah we we can we can do the thing. Yeah, sounds good right. to me. Um, Pat, you want to lead us in? Yeah. So, uh, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of uh, Heresy Grad School, part of the Remembrancers Retreat. Wow, I just jumbled that up. Um, but yeah, we're back into our Thousand Suns coverage with Professors Dave, Jason, and myself, Patrick. Um, we're going to start with Jason, but I just wanted to do a little housekeeping and say uh, thank you, everybody, for bearing with us as we've switched to like a new recording software. I definitely think it sounds fantastic, and I think, at least judging by your guys' comments and everything like that, it, it's sounding pretty good. And I think everybody's enjoyed the intro, so... I feel yeah. vindicated. <laughs> I'm a big fan so far. I mean, I think the first time I heard the intro, I had chills. So, It's pretty cool. It was yeah. a good call. Yeah. Um, I'll say this at the end as well, but uh, if you're interested, we just launched our Patreon. Uh, it's Once this episode goes out, it'll probably be a week old. Um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be a, a patron. You don't have to donate. If you... You know, if you feel like it, do it. Otherwise, just enjoy the coverage. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, Jason. All right, guys. You, man. Tonight, if you guys will remember, the Thousand Suns, where we left them, were not doing so hot. They were not having a good time of it. Uh, they got to get a little psychic exercise on this new planet called Bizant. They were taking over. Uh, fighting a psychically gifted population, wherein one in ten of the populace were psychically gifted. And uh, it's not going so hot, because one of them exploded into a bunch of crazy warp nonsense, and nobody had ever seen it before, and uh, gotta imagine, that's pretty terrifying. So, tonight we're gonna talk about what was going on as the Legion tries to recover from this, And it just gets so much worse. Just so bad, you guys. Now, one one really big issue the Thousand Sons have always had is they are always a little more insular than a lot of the other legions. They kind of have a sort of ideal of they're the only ones that can understand this, so they only tend to associate with themselves. At best, this makes them seem kind of aloof and arrogant, to some of the other legions. At worst, it makes them seem suspicious and conniving, which kind of fuels a lot of the issues they go into that we'll be talking about tonight. So let's check in with these guys. Uh, Outwardly, the legion 
maybe doesn't even seem all that different after Bizant. Uh, it's not great inside the Legion, but outside the Legion, they try to put on the bravest face they possibly can. Uh, inside the Legion, there's kind of this feeling, this maybe uh, wishful thinking, that what happened on Bizant with Dalith was kind of this unique and terrible thing that just happened once. Uh, from all this crazy psychic energy flying around, and it never happened again. However, we all know that's not how storytelling happens in the 31st millennium. So, the Great Crusade is rolling on, and the 15th Legion is trying to do the best it can. It's still conquering uh, planets as they go, even as they start to lose Legionnaires. And they're losing Legionnaires to the flesh change as they continue and what's pretty interesting is the flesh change is now manifesting again and again and they've named it this they've given it like this base literal name that's so far removed from everything else the thousand suns do like a uh, tizka's called the city of light and the bastion of reason that's like this ostentatious but kind of technically correct you know way they have of naming things where this is just the flesh change flat basic literal completely unlike them but time and time again in lore and uh, novels surrounding the thousand suns they say that there is power in a name and the name they've given the flesh change is kind of t it seems almost that they're trying to make it something other it's so far removed from the norm that it's a different, almost removed from the Legion itself. So they're still kind of fighting to control this and trying to figure it out on top of trying to keep it a secret from everybody else. Because unknown to them, but known to us at the time, the Blood Angels and the uh, Rout are also kind of trying to deal with this. Um, not the flesh change, obviously, but they're kind of dealing with their own, uh, you know, interlegion problems that are kind of dicey. Like, at this point, two legions have already been maybe annihilated, maybe wiped out by the Emperor. We don't expressly know. But, uh, you know, it's been mentioned in the book series <laughs> inside many <job>. times. <laughs> maybe a bit of an inside job. But, you know, Jason, that's, I think, important, though, because, uh, and the Emperor's children, you know, the Third Legion suffered almost to the point of, of extinction early on from... Uh, uh, they're right, that's true. ...gene seed regression. And so I think, you know, while they, you know, are certainly exhibiting signs that are suspicious, I think to the rest of the Imperium, it would look like you know, maybe they were having some type of, of gene seed degradation, you know, that it certainly, I don't think it was obvious that it was linked to the warp outside of, you know, the Legion and the, the you know, the Brotherhood. And they certainly kept it that way. But I think that may have also helped to protect them. And then it also may have helped to the fact that other legions were struggling with it too, you know, that they had their own sort of dark secrets. Um, and I think the legions in general just kind of, they wanted to stay away from each other, right? They, they, they had their own expeditions and their expeditionary feats. And so um, all of that in context, I think, gives 
the Thousand Sons a little bit of breathing room, but but not a lot. And uh, and their detractors uh, will certainly grow uh, as we go down, you know, the road on this. Uh, personally, I would call it professional jealousy, but I am a little bit biased. So, again, something here starting out. The Thousand Sons don't even really know what's going on. Um, the flesh change, like we know, is linked to their psychic abilities, but this is just something they're starting to figure out. And what I thought was pretty interesting is they mention here that while it does affect legionaries during times of high psychic manifestation, it doesn't necessarily afflict the most powerful or those who use it the most often or the most sparingly. It's afflicting legionnaires with even little or no psychic inclination whatsoever, as well as the most powerful. And this is obviously causing a huge, huge problem uh, inside the legion, but even outside the legions, uh, it's starting to cause problems for uh, allied forces and support elements, which are now starting to suffer uh, inexplicable losses and quote-unquote accidents which can kind of be seen as, you know, the Thousand Suns are even going so far as to neutralize allied forces to keep this a secret. And this is definitely not garnering them any sympathy from any of the other legions, because again, at best, they're already seen as kind of aloof and arrogant. And uh, it's kind of a common belief through some of the others in the hierarchy of the Imperium that this was, like Dave mentioned, either a genetic flaw something wrong with their gene seed, maybe like uh, what happened with the Thunder Warriors, even though that was kind of pre-engineered, or uh, it's starting to garner whispers of some sort of like, you know, moral or philosophical corruption, which isn't terrific either way you look at it. So the Thousand Sons of the Legion are kind of struggling now. Their numbers are definitely dwindling between normal battlefield attrition, you've got this flesh change really cutting into their numbers, and it's going from like massive formations of troops that should be thousands strong down to hundreds, in some cases even down to dozens of individual legionaries, and they're almost like uh, ghost ships in the legions that are just crewed by several handfuls of legionaries that formerly held hundreds and hundreds of Astartes. And what's really interesting here, uh, I'd like to call out this little box out here on page 146, which I think is pretty fascinating. It's called the Dreamless Brotherhood. And what's just totally blew my mind the first time I read it is it speaks on how the Thousand Sons first tried to attempt to cure the flesh change. Uh, they tried things like meditation, willpower, uh, some even trying to use, like, uh, you know, crazy alchemical or, you know, scientific, like, uh, retrovials, retrovirals, uh, different agents like that, attacking it almost from, like, a scientific biological perspective, as if it were a disease. And pretty much all of these attempts failed, so... The Thousand Sons didn't know what to do. They didn't want to just murder their brothers, so they took to the practice of putting them in stasis. And this ranges from, you know, volunteers, you know, entering stasis when they feel the very first signs of the flesh change coming on, to um, 
ones that are like very far gone into it and they're stuffed in there under duress and what totally blew my mind is it mentions specifically as they're reaching Prospero among all the fleets the Thousand Sons have in their holds there are more Thousand Sons in stasis uh, to prevent the flesh change than there are actual active Astartes in the Legion and the scale of Legionnaires just that huge chunk taken out of the Legion by the flesh change was pretty crazy to me. Hey, hey, Jason, you know what else that makes me think of? Uh, having been listening to um, The Talents of Horus by Aaron Dembski-Bowden, which um, for those of you who have not listened to it, uh, is amazing and a must. And uh, Just go do it now. Like, put <laughs> us on pause. Go yeah. listen to Aaron Dembski-Bowden for like 12 yeah. hours or whatever hands down amazing absolutely and 100%. and unlike um the name uh would imply it is absolutely a story about the thousand sons uh as much as it is about sort of the the origins of of the black legion just, just so much good lore in it but jason what it makes me think of is um and we'll get there in the black books as well we'll get to prospero but uh you know none of the thousand sons uh fleet was present at Prospero. So they, they leave. Um, Magnus orders them away uh, before, you know, the censure host can sort of descend on Prospero. Everything that happens, happens, right? The burning of Prospero. But what it makes me think of is the Thousand Suns have all of these fucking ships, right? They've got, uh, they've got a Legion fleet, but they've got like a handful of dudes, right, left that aren't in stasis because uh, of the flesh change, you know. Um, and so I, just, I think it makes sense when you get to the um, the Talon of Horus and then the Black Legion, you start to look at what the Thousand Suns are post-Prospero. And it's one, maybe two uh, Legionnaires basically, you know, piloting uh, cruisers and capital ships, right? Um, just directing them. And just so they just have this, I think they're, they're just, they're the most interesting legion because they are just so awesomely powerful on an individual level, right? They just, they have, they have just so much, they have so much capability. They're so much more than just warriors. They're, um, they're just, you know, they, they're, they're gifted in terms of lore and, and esoteric knowledge. They know how to they know to pilot, you know, capital ships through the warp, and um, it's, they're just so cool. But uh, but yeah, I think the Dreamless Brotherhood just just to get back to that, I think is is great foreshadowing for what the Legion becomes. Right, we talked about this a little. The uh, the 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 Rubricai, um, you know, having you know having ninety percent of your Legion basically trapped in this you know, deathless state as, uh, as, as virtually automata, right? There's some level of, I don't know, awareness within them, but, but, you know, this is, this is, this is the curse of the Legion from the very beginnings, right? From Byzant on, uh, which Byzant happens relatively quickly in, in the Great Crusade, you know, within, a, within a couple of decades. And so this is the curse of the Legion that they are essentially cursed to carry around, you know, they're, they're trapped brothers 
and they still talked about about them like that, right? So you, you know, they the the thousand sons that are still active, that are still aware in uh, the post siege of Terra, the scouring. They still talk about them like their brothers, and uh, I just think that's a really interesting sort of foreshadow there. But um, but yeah, get, get back to it, man. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, really rarely do we ever see the Thousand Suns after, heck, even before Prospero, almost every novel outside of literally A Thousand Suns by Graham McNeil, um, we almost never see them as anything other than like ones or twos in like, you know, advisory positions like by themselves. We almost never see them in like legion strength doing things, you know, with entire formations. So yeah, I definitely think that's a good point. Even in the beginning here, it really, they really kind of set themselves apart as to how they normally operate, I think. But anywho, Let's uh, jump back on into this black book here. So, the Dreamless Brotherhood, kind of a, uh, not a terrific outlook for the Thousand Sons. And what's kind of interesting, something Dave just kind of touched on here, is even as the Thousand Sons are having this, like, massive rate of attrition between, you know, just the same losses any other Legion would suffer while on crusade, but also they're dealing with this flesh change, taking more and more and more of their active warriors. Uh, the Thousand Sons that do survive are becoming more and more powerful. Uh, they talk, they've far outstripped any of the other, you know, uh, psychers in some of the other legions, and they're basically into entirely new territory. Like, psychers this powerful have never really been known outside of, you know, potentially the Emperor and Malkador. And the Thousand Sons that have survived are essentially forced to become so, because the flesh change is taking them out, slowly and surely. Sometimes, though, uh, even hundreds of thousand sons at a time are succumbing to this. But the flesh change is taking them out. They're growing more and more insular. They are receiving less and less support from, you know, allied legions, allied support elements. Nobody wants to work with them anymore. So it says uh, they call out from a certain point of view, it's almost as if they had little choice but to become more and more powerful. Since they have all of these other things that other legions normally have, you know, support, resupply, allied, you know, imperial, uh, auxilia and militia elements, things like that, denied to them that they're really using the weapons that they have and trying to make the best of it. Now, from another, you know, view atop the moral high ground, uh, it could also be said that they are kind of using their powers not because they're necessary, but because they feel morally justified and right in doing so. Not my viewpoint, but it could be argued. Now, following on here, um, like we talked about, these uh, the ships of the Thousand Suns are essentially becoming ghost ships. You have these massive formations that were formerly thousands strong, they're down to hundreds, which are down to scores, which are down to dozens, down to handfuls of legionnaires. And it's getting to the point that 
elements outside of the Thousand Suns, even a few Primarchs who will remain nameless, because of course they'd never say it to, you know, a Thousand Suns face, but uh, they're calling for actually disbanding the 15th Legion. Uh, in some points, they're thinking of it kind of as a kindness, like a mercy given out, because the Legion, even to outrise now, kind of seems to be dying off. And they feel like a disbanding would be more honorable than just kind of, you know, falling over and dying because they can't sustain themselves anymore. Of course, the other end of that spectrum, now <clears throat> some other elements are calling for them to be annihilated, to be cut out like uh, a cancer from the rest of the legions. And what's interesting is the Emperor definitely heard these calls to, like, end the Thousand Suns, but he never is forced to act on it. And it's not really evident what the Emperor would have done because his hand is never forced into action. Because before the Thousand Suns can absolutely slip off the end, they find Prospero. And Prospero is definitely something that rejuvenates the Thousand Suns and more or less saves the Legion as a Legion itself. Now, Prospero is pretty interesting as a planet. Even before Magnus, even before the Emperor, Prospero is essentially a second Terra. It is like the one in a billion chance of a habitable perfect planet that just manages to get everything right. Um, it's even to the point that it was referred to as a new Terra, which is pretty impressive, considering. But at some point during Old Night, like almost every other planet in the known 30k universe, uh, turds really hit the fan, and very, very bad things go down. Now, the exact outcome of what happened on Old Night was never recorded. There does seem like there was a huge upswing in humans with psychic potential on Prospero, and there's probably a lot of psychic storms and witchery going on, just like what happened on dozens and dozens of other worlds during the Age of Strife, and seldom it did well for anybody involved. But perhaps even a bigger deal is what this caused. Now, very similar to uh, the Soul Terra uh, out here on Prospero, huge upswing in psychic potential. But unlike Terra, this caused a really big issue. Uh, if you guys want to check out page 147 under the Mind Parasites. So if you've ever listened to Thousand Sons um, by Grab McNeil, you are well... Uh, well-versed in the psych nuine. So these guys are essentially giant scarab beetles that live 50-50 between the real world and the warp. They're all uh, very rudimentary, rudimentarily psychic, and they use a very rudimentary form of telepathy to psychically project their eggs into the mind of a living psyker. It's actually required for their reproductive cycle. Ugh. Right? It's, it's super gross to think about. It's like, uh, what if a face hugger from Aliens, possibly the best sci-fi franchise ever created, instead of, like, using its weird, like, you know, 
stomach tube to shove eggs into you, it like psychically projected them. It's like you couldn't even dodge it if you were on your toes because it's psychic. That's creepier to me somehow. Yeah, that is pretty freaking creepy. Right? It's not pleasant for anybody involved. But with all of this um, psychic potential blossoming in the people of Prospero, the psych Nuin has essentially found the perfect nest. And the, of course, exact specifics aren't recorded because it was just a hellacious turd storm of planet wide proportions. But um, it's a possibility Prospero was almost wiped out within a single night. These Psychnuin drawn to this psychic upswing really destroyed 99% of the planet. The only survivors left banded together to form uh, the only city actually left on Prospero, which is Tizca, City of Light, Citadel of Reason, the last and only true city of Prospero. And Tizca is an incredibly big deal for the people on Prospero. It's a bastion that is both a huge center of learning, of architecture, of health and medicine, of all sorts of higher education and learning, also for psychic potential, but it's also maintained as a bastion against the psychnuing. It's more or less the only safe place left on the planet. Everything else is kind of inhospitable to human life, even if it weren't constantly, you know, patrolled by roving bands of psychic mind-eating scarabs. Uh, because, again, touching back on Thousand Suns, the novel, uh, the residents of Tizca actually have a massive kind dome that protects them from more or less everything the world can throw at them. And as the Thousand Suns meet them and kind of disperse into the, you know, populace of Prospero, they really start to bond and improve things back and forth. But, uh, it's not great for anybody involved what, uh, happened with the upswing in psychic potential. But, what is really important here in Tizca, besides providing a bastion, uh, every single person born in Tizca, be they nobility, be they just an everyday, you know, average dude, almost every single one of them possesses at least a spark of psychic potential, which we talked last time on uh, Bazant, one in ten of the populace is psychically gifted. In Tizca, it's almost every single person born which is crazy and probably a huge part of why the thousand sons move in and set up shop and uh speaking of moving in and setting up shop and improving everything for everybody and nothing bad happening ever uh, i'm going to turn it over to dave to tell you about a pretty amazing battle the thousand sons uh get down to on a night world cool um yeah hey thanks thanks for that jason that's i think a really I mean that's the early lore of of the uh, of the thousand suns that we have I think in the black book right because right after um, the sort of the mind parasite the coming of Magnus and that changes things right um, but uh, yeah so 
I think my favorite part of this book, actually, of book seven, Inferno, um, is probably the exemplary battles that start on page 156, um, because it really, it really is the, you know, the cool lore of early thousands, most of which, it's, it's, an, it's an odd place to put it, but, um, you know, the Aceridine defense happens very early. Um, and then the story that I'm going to read to you guys is called The Leveling of 72-9, um, which features one of our favorite characters, I think. Um, certainly one of the most interesting and um, important characters of the larger lore, right? Captain Ormst, Armin's brother, is, uh, is featured in this little, this little vignette here. Um, so without further ado, I'll go ahead and read it, but it is interesting because 72.9, uh, although it's not stated this way in the lore, uh, if we were to use the sort of the Great Crusade convention, naming conventions, right, this would be the ninth planet discovered by the 72nd expedition, but um, that's just a little conjecture on my part. I, I'm not sure that that's what it is. Page 157, The Leveling. 72.9 is now just one amongst many small, sparsely populated worlds eking out an existence on the margins of the Imperium. Its name has remained unchanged since its conquest and is a mark of its lowly place in the order of... Th this unremarkable face is, however, a mask painted by the Imperium over the planet's past in the hope that, even in obscurity, its people might hope for a better future. Because before 72-9, there was another world. Volnum was a night world, one of the rare few which had endured since the dark age of technology, weathering the trials of old night to be reunited with the rest of humanity during the Great Crusade. Clad in towering night armors, the nobles of these scattered realms had stood as protectors over their people. But while other night worlds had become the seats of noble houses whose traditions of warrior honor protected them from invaders, on Valnum, the long ages of darkness had bred shadows and bitterness in those who called it home. The ruling line of Valnum, House Kratax, had become rotten, its noble blood tainted by insanity and cruelty. Their holds were dark places, piled atop bones and sealed chambers that echoes to the screams of the forgotten. The first emissaries of the Imperium, sent to negotiate compliance, were all executed by being strapped to the gun muzzles of Kratax knights, all save one, who was flayed and their skin scrapped for parchment on which the head of House Kratax wrote his rejection of such defiance could not stand, and against the power of a knight household, even the Legiones Astartes could be pressed, but not the thousands. Sixty warriors came to the plains before the fortress of Kratax under the command of Captain Orm. At first, Kratax must have considered it a joke, or perhaps another attempt to make terms, for they sent only one of their household out to meet with the waiting warriors. The knight fired as soon as it was in range, sweeping its thermal lance across them in a line of screaming, glowing air. None of the warriors fell. The touch of the knight's fury had seemed to drain away into them, or dissipated into nothing. In reply, lightning leapt from amongst the warriors, crawling over the knight of Kratax. 
burrowing into its armor plates, melting power connections, and whipping through its metal bones. It fell, but before it could hit the ground, an invisible force ripped its head from its body and cast it back before the gates of Kratax's hold. The knights came from the gates then, every single war machine of the blighted household. The ground around the circle of thousand suns churned with explosions and melted, fused, and cracked as the charging knights poured their fury before them. The telekinetic shields forcing the thousand suns, or sorry, protecting the thousand suns shook, and within their circle, some fell to their knees, blood oozing from the joints of their armor to freeze and boil in the warp-charged air. But still they waited as the knight's charge shook the ground beneath their feet. When the lead knight was a shadow above them, Ormst raised his hand and closed his fingers. The knight stopped, staggered, and then fell. Its pilot's flesh turned to vapor inside its cockpit. Before the metal giant had hit the ground, the thousand suns had dropped their shields, lifted the body of the dead knight into the air, and cast it at one of its cousins. From that moment, the battle is said to have lasted no more than 500 seconds, and at its end, the molten and twisted remains of every single knight lay on the witch-frosted ground. The Thousand Suns Legion lost three warriors, two killed by brain hemorrhage while using their powers, and one crushed by the dead metal of a knight. Those who had survived departed before the exploratory units of the Mechanicum arrived to strip Kratax's hold. When word of the victory reached the Imperium's distant war council, it was greeted only with the sound of silence. So that is the leveling of 72.9. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Don't fuck with the Thousand Suns. I think it's spectacular. The only Thousand Sun killed by a knight was accidental because a dead one fell on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, dude... 60 uh, legionnaires to take out a knight household. I mean, that's, I mean, that's amazing. And I just, I love the fact that they're gone before the Mechanicum Exploratory units can even get there, right? They're like, yeah, we're not going to stay, stick around to, you know, to explain this. But, um, The yeah. Thousand Suns caused 100% more casualties to themselves than the <laughs> Night House did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that story for just so many reasons, man. I, I love it because it's a story of a knight household uh, that I had never heard of, right? It's very, I think, Pat, it's very um, reminiscent of of uh, your knight household. Yeah, right? it's kind of like Earthane, where, like, no one knew it, would, it, it really existed until, like, they decided to uh, to mess up some Imperial convoys, and, well, Horus was right there, so... Yeah, I, I also like the fact that it gives, I think, some, you know, the night households, the night world, it gives them some depth, right? It's like not all of them are these, you know, very sort of like chivalric, pastoral, you know, planes where, you know, the knights stand sentinel and and the uh, the people worship them as gods, right? It's like, no, man, there's, there's, there's some dark shit that goes down. Yeah, um, I mean, that makes sense in... To me, that makes sense in like a 40k narrative, but in a 30k narrative, you know, these are worlds coming right off of, you know, old night. Yeah. And like the the awful things that happened. 
So, of course, they're going to be a little messed up. Granted, there are night houses that, you know, weathered the storm, they were good to go, the Imperium came, and they're like, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, then you have those those night houses, like Earthane, or, or this one even, where, like, something catastrophic happened, and they are just, they've turned to, like, this animalistic evilness, yeah. you know? I don't know. I think if, if I were... Uh... If I were looking, you know, into the crystal ball, pretty sure that Captain Ormst would have gone into House Kratax's vaults and uh, scoured their libraries, you know, gathered their secrets. And, you know, they were well away before the Mechanicum ever got there. See what they, so. Well, Thousand Suns are all bookworms. Well, no, just, but I think there also, there's, you know, why were the Thousand Suns sent to deal with? A night household that was, you know, well, because they could, right? They had the right. capability to do that. But why'd the Thousand Sons say yes? Because there probably was lore there from Old Night, the Age of Strife, the Dark Age of Technology that they could go in and get, right? Because the Thousand Sons are, it's never a simple, it's never a simple compliance, right? It's never a simple conquest. It's always. There's got to be a reason for it. Yeah, and you yeah. get that in in um, uh, Jason. What is it? It's, is it the Burning of Prospero, or is it No No Fear? I can't remember. Actually, talks about the Thousand Suns. I know they both uh, do. Burning of Prospero. Yeah, the Burning of Prospero, right? Which is not actually the Burning of Prospero, right? Isn't that the that's the joke, right? Is that the Burning of Prospero doesn't actually happen in the Burning of Prospero? Uh, it's like ten pages. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like it's the name, like <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you look at the cover and you read the book and you're like, ah, oh, this is just not the book that I thought I was going to get. Um, <laughs> but you uh, but you do get, I think, a lot of that early lore, man. Um, that's, and uh, it's what's what's the the world that the space wolves are on with the thousand suns, where the thousand suns are like, yeah, we're we're not gonna, you know, burn these guys out because they've got like good lore that we want and the space wolves are ah oh, it's maleficarum right we're burning burn them down uh yeah they're like no no pretty sure that's shrike but don't yes. quote me on it no you're right that's cause... the one where like lorgar steps in and is like hey guys let's not uh murder each other right and then they proceed to murder each other yeah weirdly yeah weirdly the word bearers are there and then lorgar for is the voice of reason. The whole thing but, is very, uh, okay, going back to um, First Heretic, you say weirdly the word bearers are there, but like... And they're fucking everywhere. Yeah, throughout the Crusade, they are everywhere, and it's like planned that they're everywhere, so... Yeah, whether openly or, you know, clandestine, they are... They're, they're like, the, yeah, they may as well be part of Alpha Legion, you know, whatever. Well, what do you guys think? I mean, I think that piece alone makes me want to buy the uh, actual the the full copy of it the, the physical copy of book because, seven yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah the exemplary battles are so good maybe we'll go back and maybe we'll do a couple more uh next episode because they really really are very in but uh yeah pat have you gotten any uh any other nuggets for us have you got anything you want to you want to talk about uh no 
I think that's it for me. I'm just the guy that uh, listens to you guys and adds little tidbits of non sequiturs. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I guess we'll go right into plugs. Uh, Dave, you got anything? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Other than Patreon, 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 whatever. Um, so I know that Jesse has has put some stuff up there, and I I've been talking to him. I think he wants to sort of you know gauge the sort of the appetite and 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 sort of take the temperature of 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 the response right like what people are interested in and so right. i know in the past we've talked about doing some some tiers mm-hmm. right? that's what they're called i think right tiers yeah um and so i talked to jesse about that and he said let's wait a little bit and see how this whole thing sort of, you know, un, uh, unravel, not unravels, but sort of unfolds, right? But if you guys, our listeners, you know, are, are, are interested in, in something being there, if there's something that you would like to see, uh, you know, in exchange for obviously you helping us put this whole thing together, put in sponsor it, uh, shoot us a message and hit us up and we will do our best to, uh, to sort of make that happen. But, yeah. Uh, and but anyway, that's where it is, and I, I just wanted to say that because I know we've talked about it in the past, Pat, mm-hmm. and that some people might be looking for certain tiers, and they're not they're not there right now, and that's why. Yeah, um, I would definitely say like if there's something that you'd be interested in, you know, listeners do message the Facebook. Um, both Jesse and I are always looking at the messages and we'll usually respond within an hour but like you know i i, I definitely think we want to gauge how people feel about it um and you know please listeners do not feel like you have have to do our patreon we love you regardless you know we enjoy just talking about the heresy we enjoy in this case with the grad school we we love talking about the lore um we're going to be doing this regardless, but yeah, we, we would do this anyway. I think it's more like this is a, this is, this is an ability for us to sort of maybe do more. Um, Pat, you talked about like an actual heresy grad school textbook. Um, yeah. We talked or a little just bit a about syllabus, that. you know, like just a syllabus. So, so I'm, I'm putting together some notes. Uh, I'd like to do that. I'd like to have sort of the, the catalog of back episodes with, suggestions for further reading available and sort of you know maybe some notes from jason and and pat and i and you know maybe some pictures of color plates that we've really you know drawn a lot from so those are projects that i think would be possible only through patreon right we would not have really the bandwidth or the time to do that um and then also just the overall quality right like the kind of stuff we've been adding is you know all that stuff is yeah, it's, and just, you know, housekeeping and bills kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I'm I'm super excited that we've launched it. Um, I know we've we've already gotten a couple tier three uh, patrons. Actually, uh, my wife has uh, <coughs> is is now one of our patrons, and that's she, that's awesome. Yeah, she uh, she signed up for it, and she's like, okay, so what am I doing? What should I do with this merch discount? I'm like, I don't know, get get yourself a shirt to work out in or, you know. Buy, buy merch. Buy merch. <laughs> um, yeah, but That's I mean. That's cool, man. Yeah. All I will say is 
both through listening and through Patreon. Thank you all for supporting us. Yeah. Um, Jason, you got anything? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm, okay. uh, you guys said it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Coke, we, Coke, we'd, we'd still like that, uh, <laughs> that sponsorship. You can sign up for a Patreon as well. Um, Heck yeah, yeah, Coke, get in on our Patreon for $8. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Feed Jason's Dirty Addiction. Um, <laughs> So where are we going with this, guys? Are we are we gonna go? Do you think we'll go through the whole Thousand Suns? Um, I guess the lore in the Black Book is that is that sort of the plan? Um, I, I mean, I certainly think so. I mean, we can always uh, take a second and stop and and have side uh, side options, you know? Yeah. Do little non sequiturs. Yeah. You're gonna just continue to make fun of me for that, Pat. I can, yeah. I can, yeah, I can, yeah. 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 I, I see that. I, I'm, see, st- I'm still gonna do it. See where this is going. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I I think as of right now, I think we're, we'll probably do like a uh, couple more episodes. Couple more episodes, and then we'll see where we're at. You know. See where we're at. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you all have enjoyed the episode, and uh, have a good night. And uh, fuck off, Craig. Fuck off, Craig, wherever you are. Yeah, we don't use you anymore. Ha! Take that. Ugh.